0: On the day preceding Ram Nomi and on Ram Navami itself, I spoke on similarities, differences, and links between Ram Leela and Krishna Leela. And, of course, the subject could be spoken on unlimitedly, because Rama and Krishna are the same supreme unlimited supreme personality of Godhead. But uh, yeah, I just just a few more thoughts came and I'd like to finish uh, whatever thoughts I have on that to make a complete, Incomplete, but at least for me, what comes to my mind make it complete for me. So I, I spoke on that day uh, about. Well, oh, there was there was one other point you made about how Lakshman came here with Urmila. Was it you said? To dig to dig came to. He came to dig. That means he came to the place called Dig. He didn't come to perform the activity no, 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 of digging. No. He came to the See, place known as Dig in Rajamandal. But you're, you're not. I don't remember the You're not sure. About that. Okay. So, oh, yeah. that how the deity came to Remuna. How Gopinath, the famous deity of Rem. Remuna came to Remuna. So it's linked with uh, Krishna Lila and Ram Lila, Because once during the rainy season in Chitrakoot, Ram and Sita were there. There was a strong storm and they took shelter in an ashram. There are many sages living in in, the, in ashrams mm-hmm. in Chitrakut and in seeing the many cows there and hearing their mooing Ramachandra Bhagavan told Sita Devi that these cows remind me of my pastimes in a Yoga and Sita Devi said I don't know about that, can you tell me about that? So Rama replied, just wait a week and I'll carve some pictures <coughs> In a black rock, and you'll be able to see that. But after four days, Sita Devi said, "I'm really anxious. Could you show me now? Can't wait anymore." And Ram said, "Okay." As and he showed her the carvings. He had completed a deity of Gopal Krishna. So you can see this. What is in English called bas relief, and probably in take its taken French is probably bar relief or something like that. Anyway. So he was there and there were the pictures of the Ram Chandra had also made forms of the Ashta Shaki the eight principal gopis and also some different leelas were shown there Balaram wrestling with Mushtika, Lord Krishna wrestling with chamara So Sita Devi began to worship that deity there at Chitrakut. Sita was worshipping Krishna So then Ram and Sita left, Chitraput, and Brahma came and took over the service. And when Ram returned to India, he stopped up from Lanka. Having, you know, there's a lot of story in between. Ram came back and on his way, there are many places in India, at least several, that I've where Ram is said to have stopped on his way between Lanka and Ayodhya on the way back in the Pushpak Vimanam. So there are many places which is said like that. So one of them is Ramuna. And Ram stopped there for four days. And Sita wanted to... Anyway, this is some other detail, not connected with uh, Krishna Leela. So, flash forward to the 13th century of Anno Domini, is it called, the the, uh, present, not not according to Vedic reckoning, according to someone's reckoning, Uh, King Langula Navasimhadev, a local king, that means in the area that's now called Orissa, was traveling to holy places and at Chitrakut the king means that he's going, he doesn't go alone, he goes with his queens and so many, his entourage and many sages there's one loki raja ayam iti That it means that the king has come, it doesn't mean he's come it means that there's a whole big group with him so at uh, Chitrakut they saw the deity of <coughs> Gopal, he was known there. So the king was astonished to see what such wonderful worship was obviously going on, but there was no one around. But Brahma was still coming after so much time. Of course, for Brahma, it's uh, not much time. It's still within his one day. So that night, the deity appeared in a dream to the king and asked to be taken to a more populated place because the deities of the Lord come to the Lord comes as his deity to show mercy to devotees. So then the king decided to take Gopal to Puri. And so he appointed some brahmanas to worship. And they, they set off for Puri. But when they reached Ramuna, the deity again appeared in, the, in a dream to the king and said, uh, You just install my worship here. So the queen, seeing that the deity was the, accompanied by the Ashta Shaki, she called him Gopinath. She changed the name. So that's the story of one link between oops, me, Krishna Leela and Ram And uh, another one, uh, it's very important, is that when Rama was in Dandakaranya, that many sages who were worshipping there, they saw him there very much attracted to his beauty in a conjugal relationship. And they wanted to relate with him in that way. They wanted to... Course, this, this is impossible for people who are not on the trans, have not been instructed in the transcendental science to understand how someone in a male body can want to uh, relate with the Supreme Lord as a wife or a lover. So there may be many misunderstandings about this, but Rama told the sages that they, they said that they want to worship him in a conjugal relationship in which they can there's full appreciation of the of the beauty of the Lord in that well, full means fullest full it's not that it's not full in other relationships but fullest full in the Sringaras so Ram told them that it's not possible now because I have a vow to have only one wife and he is Maryada Purushottam he doesn't have girlfriends what we would call girlfriends so he said the next time you come and join me when I come as Krishna because as Krishna I, I have unlimited I can accept unlimited devotees in this relationship so they are known as the those sages who became gopis they are known as the uh, Rishi Chari gopis that's described in Garga Samhita. That there are different groups of gopis from, depending on their background, there's the Shruti Chari, the Upanishads who became gopis also. So, like this, there are various groups. So, there's an important link between Ram Leela and Krishna Leela. Now, another Point I was making is that some devotees of Rama they they criticize that Krishna he's he's not very good. I don't think that anyone who criticizes like this is properly a devotee at all. I mean I've heard people say things like this. It's not it's it's not said in a in a joking way, you could, just like uh, in, in a transcendentally joking way, Chaitanya Mahaprabhu joked with Venkata Bhatta about how Lakshmi was incapable of entering the, uh, to, of, of the, the pastimes of Krishna. But I've, I've heard the so called devotee of Ram blame Krishna that he's not moral I mentioned this the other day so at one point I was thinking about this is that in Bhagavad Gita Lord Krishna describes the demonic mentality and the prominent symptom of demons is that they think Ishvara Ham abham I am God, I am the controller, and I am the enjoyer. Now, uh, Mayavadis are impersonalists who have... The, the transcendentalists in some ways, because they realize that there's no enjoyment in material life, and then they, they give up the attempt to enjoy this material world. But then they say that there's Ishvara also. Krishna, he's actually Ishvara and he's actually Bhogi, and actually only Ishvara can be Bhogi in the full sense. Only the who is the uh, supreme controller, only he can be the enjoyer. Ekale Ishvara Krishna are a It's very logical to understand that who's the supreme controller is served by everyone else. But the Mayavadis they negate that they say there's no enjoyment and they deny that Krishna can be an enjoyer. And therefore they have a concept of Ishvara, but it's it's not their concept is not actually that of Ishvara. That he, that Ishwar is like everything else, a, a mental construct. Or, or as Srila Prabhupada in one place says, that Mayavadis are called Mayavadis because they think that Krishna is also Maya. His pastimes are also Maya. Everything everything is Maya except Brahma Satya. This, this undefined undefinable supreme truth even if you say supreme truth then it's got to be supreme in relation to something else or truth has to be it has to be if there's truth then uh, there has to be falsity also so then then, then the material world is necessary <laughs> to uh, then there has to be the jagan also otherwise how is anything definable as truth in any way so uh, they they have a vague idea of themselves being ishvara but they they know that they cannot enjoy that much intelligence they have but in the, in their actually enviousness of Krishna they deny that anyone can have any enjoyment or that there can be any supreme enjoyer so they they're actually it, they're actually envious of Krishna. They're, they're envious, of, envious of Krishna means they're envious of his enjoyment. And in this way they resemble demons. And they get the if they're lucky enough to be killed by Krishna, the demons they merge into the impersonal Brahman, which is the same goal as the Mayavadis aspire for. Now, what's that got to do with Ram Leela and Krishna Lila? Well, they're, they're those who criticise that Krishna, he's uh, this habits of his of uh, going with other people's wives, not understanding the uh, transcendental reality. That everyone except Krishna is immoral, if they consider that this woman or this man or anything is for my enjoyment or is my property it's actually everyone else who's immortal, not Krishna so those who deny that Krishna or Ishvara he's the supreme controller Everything, everything is meant for his enjoyment there's no obstacle in that. He's independent. He's he's not obliged to follow rules. Lord Ramachandra does so. That's part of his Leela and that's also to instruct everyone else. He ex- he accepts a certain role. And that is why Krishna, he's, he's understood to be a Purna. Bhagavan. Of course, Ram is also, but Lord Krishna is Swayam Bhagawan, or the the completest, complete form of Bhagawan, because there's no uh, there's no restriction on him whatsoever in any way. Even uh, Lord Ramachandra, he's very strict in following the. Rules of dharma, but Krishna exhibits a dharma which is beyond that understandable by worldly persons. So, those who criticize Krishna, even if to apparently uh, enhance their devotion toward Lord Rama. That cannot actually be bhakti in, in the true sense. Maybe they've taken Rama as a, as a moral leader. But if they actually understood who Rama is, then they must understand who Krishna is because Krishna and Rama are non-different. If they actually understood the Bhagavat Tattva Vijnana, the science of the absolute truth, of who is Bhagavan, then they wouldn't nurture this uh, criticism or enviousness of Krishna. So it appears that they're infected with the same disease as that of the Of so, super the Mayavadis, they superficially respect Ishvara. But they deny that he's an enjoyer. And actually that... Uh, Ramayat Sampradaya or Ramanandi, they're in the, they're in the same boat. They, they, apparently, they're doing bhakti, they chant the names of Rama and they recite the pastimes of Rama, but their ultimate understanding is that Rama is manifested, avyaktam vyaktim, apanam, that, the, that he is a manifestation of the impersonal. So their bhakti, it's all cancelled out. Anyone who has that understanding of course Krishna is very merciful and uh, even if one somehow or other some way or other approaches him then uh, he may reciprocate with that even even a faulty offering or he may accept a little a little bhakti even among much envy of himself, but that as he did with Putana for instance and so many others. But there is an infection of Mayavad in all that goes on in the in this Ramanand Sampradaya. Uh, yeah, the, the one point they make is that our Ram, you see, he's very moral, and your Christian so many points to criticize. But and uh, generally they say Ram is beyond criticism. But there are some points of criticism of the envious people, of course. Only envious people criticize, not Ram. There are uh, two points. One is uh, more well known because of the modern Kali Yuga of fem- disease of feminism in that Ram is criticized for mistreating his wife for banishing Sita so that's become more well known and anyway as a pastime it's better known than another one which is in the Uttarabhayana which is not accepted in the Sri of Sathana Raya's people Legitimate, so maybe even that pastime isn't known so well. And I just got an email from Vaisheshika Prabhu asking about this because someone had asked him about this. Vaisheshika Prabhu, I think though he comes here regularly, isn't it? So you all know him, those of you staying here. So he'd asked me because I brought out this edition of Ramayana. Uh, in, there's, because an Indian gentleman who had been at his lecture at Ram Navami had asked the question and he wasn't aware of the pastime at all of uh, the sages uh, asking Ram to do so there is some problem it is causing a severe disruption that one Shudra is performing austerity go to heaven so that's an infringement of dharma the brahmanas they were outraged how can this go on in the kingdom of a righteous king a dharmic king so Ram went there to make a long story short Ram went there and cut his cut the shudra's head off he was hanging upside down doing austerities and all the uh, brahmanas praised rama for this righteous action and then all the disturbances, uh, they ceased. So, it seemed you know, what's wrong? You know, just, he's performing austerities, why can't he do that? He's, just because he's from a shudra caste, why can't he do that? And so, I gave a little note uh, in the edition of Ramayana, Ramayana that I brought out. Uh, because this may be misunderstood. That there is a system of varna dharma, and previously at least people were born in certain families. Uh, the according the, the means it. still now also, but Shudra Sambhava. In everyone's more or less a shudra in this kali yuga, but in previous times when matters were not so much disordered as in Kali Yuga. it was uh, largely predictable that someone who was born in a Brahmana family was uh, expected or he he did so because he had developed the qualities suitable for taking part in the culture of that family and in other words he from a sattvic background and simply one who is born born in a shudra family he's come to the human form of life in a situation in which for him the suitable means of elevation is paricharya as mentioned in Bhagavad Gita which means service to others so if someone actually exhibits the, quality, the, the qualities of Even though born in one caste, if he exhibits the qualities of another caste, then he should be uh, trained for his uh, lifetime occupation according to his nature, not according to his family, although previously the two were almost synonymous but this uh, shudra then was he acting as a brahmana well he hadn't come to the platform of Jignasa, which is uh, or brahmajñāsa that should be the first qualification of a true brahmana is that he in- inquires into the nature of spir- what is of spiritual reality he was simply this Shudra was uh, performing following austerity for the sake of going to heaven, not for the sake of liberation from material enjoyment. He wanted to attain material happiness by a means not prescribed for him. He was flouting the Varnashram system. And who is his guru? Who would have been who would have instructed him? He just took up this by his own volition so in these ways he was violating dharma and Rama as the protector of dharma, which every king is supposed to be rectified the situation by killing so this is very difficult for people to understand unless they have training in uh, understanding the principles of Varnashram and uh, we find it in, in the Western world, India is, is uh, identified with the caste system. Hindu society, Hinduism is identified with what is considered in the supposedly egalitarian Western society. They consider it a great crime against... Human kind, that there could have ever been such a system, or that such uh, remnants of such a system still exists. So, without understanding the principles of varnashram and the ultimate spiritual aim of life, which is the, ultimately the goal of varnashram, is not meant. It's not meant for exploiting. It's not even meant ultimately for any worldly goal. It's meant for. Totally spiritual, but without understanding this, then there will be misunderstandings, and it can be difficult to explain to people when they don't even have the slightest understanding of the of the even the necessity of what spiritual life is, or even if they have some idea, they they, they have such a wrong understanding of what spiritual life is. Which is why Srila Prabhupada was preaching so much, you're not the body, isn't, with eternal spirit soul. Because unless people understand that, you can't even begin to enter other, enter other subjects. So it is very difficult to explain all these points to people how Krishna is dancing with the gopis and the and we may try to explain to people, well, actually, the gopis are fully spiritual. They have the faintest idea what spiritual means. They they think spiritual in, in English, they spirit. They it's a synonym for ghost. So often people think spiritual life means some kind of ghostly seances or really, isn't it? And they have absolutely everywhere, all over the world. In India, people are completely bewildered. There's, there's they're they don't understand. There are so many people still by their culture who are attracted to Krishna and Rama, but they they haven't got the faintest idea of uh, what are what are the teachings of Krishna in Bhagavad Gita, by which which gives them an entrance into understanding who is Krishna, and therefore they're so easily cheated by cheaters who pose as spiritual leaders. So there's a great need to teach the basics of spiritual philosophy to the world in general. And of course here in this school you're studying to uh, enter into spiritual topics at a higher level. So that's required also. at, At the more complex level at the basic level at all levels preaching has to be there or Proper preaching, teaching inculcating means repeatedly teaching so that people can understand driving the point home so in this school, yeah, school means somewhat withdrawn from the active preaching field. Otherwise, you can't have a school. But just like the six Goswamis of Vrindavan, they were were studying all the scriptures with the aim of establishing eternal religious principles for the benefit of humankind. So in the same way, this activity of studying scriptures here... That's for the ultimate aim. It's it's not for personal intellectual aggrandizement or personal anything. It's part of the preaching mission of establishing the uh, in the world what the what what our acharyas have given us. There are so many important books which have to be translated not just translated understood taught to others and the complexity the, the complexities of them understood taught to others it's, it's a very uh, it's a very great task to have an institution where devotees and only devotees they can enter into these topics devotees can come and be trained in the theology of Gorya Vaishnavism, and be able to present that to others. The, the immediate aim of this school is to translate or prepare devotees for translating the books of the uh, previous acharyas. But they also have to be understood and and explained, and that may take the form of other books also. The uh, we find that the Acharyas in their writings, they have dealt with various issues, contentious issues. Some of them, of course, most of these are perennial issues. Do you know what that means? Perennial, it means comes again and again. Is God personal or impersonal? But some points may be more at one point. Phases of time in one particular area; some points may be more uh, prominent than others. Just like in the modern world, uh, or talking about ISKCON at the present time, one source of contention is is uh, the, a point on which devotees are divided within our movement. Is is can homosexuality at any level be tolerated within Gorya Vaishnavism or within Vedic culture in general although it may seem like well that's a horrible subject to bring up in Bhagavatam class and some say well no it's not horrible what's wrong with you it's part of life so then all these Topics have this, as far as I know, it's not been one that our acharya has dealt with. So then, devotees who are expert in understanding the scriptures and the culture that goes with it, they will have to research and find out what it, and present Shastric uh, Siddhanta of what is the actual position and how and. See how the previous acharyas have taught, and how they've presented Krishna consciousness in different cultural settings. Actually, there's not been much difference in the culture in India for, for thousands of years. So, taking Krishna consciousness to the West is a it's a new challenge altogether, outside of India. So, it, it requires uh, great knowledge, great understanding, great sensitivity. And the blessings of the previous acharyas to to be able to present all these topics in a manner that people will accept as authoritative. And it's also required to establish within society our own system of epistemology. Because if we, uh, if this question comes up, is homosexuality tolerable in any way or form? within Vaishnava society and we quote scripture then the average person they won't accept uh, we have biological evidence this, that and the other and sociological evidence so uh, and people think that this outweighs the, uh, that of scripture they don't put any much emphasis on scripture at all so it's uh, it's a whole cultural transformation is required to actually be able to understand Krishna Consciousness and and to to be able to establish it in the world Ramayana Srimad Bhagavatam we study and we we understand what kind of culture was there that culture isn't there now and that is an obstacle to establishing Krishna Consciousness in the world because Krishna Consciousness operates or can operate properly in a certain culture if you have the culture of rock and roll, for instance, uh, it's not very conducive to uh, uh, Krishna consciousness. If you have the culture of killing cows, then there's absolutely no question of Krishna consciousness. So, the whole Vedic culture has to be re-established. Prabhupada said that. He said, don't present our movement as a religious movement, but as a educational, scientific and cultural presentation for the re-spiritualization of the entire world. So when we're talking about Vedic culture, that means it's based on the Veda. So this endeavor to train devotees deeply to enter into the Shastra, its as I said, it's not simply not simply, it is an intellectual activity, but it's not simply intellectual. It has a very crucial, it's central role to play in Srila Prabhupada's mission, or the mission of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. Because unless there's understanding of Shastra, of and reali- realized understanding of Shastra, faithful understanding of Shastra, then we're set to become like the Prakritas Sahajiyas who chant Hare Krishna and have their own understanding, which ultimately ends up in gross sense gratification and isn't very much different from the gross activities that total or undisguised materialists are performing. So yeah I mean, hopefully in this Vidyaputam there's the seed or the embryo is taking shape of uh, that can gradually grow into an entity. Because when we talk about study of shastra, then it's not just for, like as I say, for intellectual aggrandizement. But the the, the Vedas are books that are literature that guide. It's meant for guiding human society and everybody in every activity of their life. Srila Prabhupada said that my books will be the law books for the next ten thousand years. So these books of Srila Prabhupada, they are the they are the Veda for the modern age. But that also there's unlimited work to do in Shastric research to to uh, bring out the Siddhanta, or the proper understanding on all these issues. And then people may ask questions like this about the, the Shudra, why is Lord? Why did Lord Ram kill a Shudra? And one has to, very much to, to be able to uh, reply to all this, one has to enter very deeply into the subject matter of Shastra and be blessed by the Acharyas to explain that. So, Śrīla Prabhupāda's books are the law books. There are many other books which need to be translated and many more books which need to be written also in pursuance of the mission of the Acharyas. So there's a huge amount of work to do on, on the ground level, you could say, of just instructing people that we're not the body and having them understand this. And then at the intellectual level, of, there's also huge amount of work to do, and in the the intermediary level also, of establishing communities, where people can practice Krishna consciousness, this immense service to do. So, this is one, this school as I see it as, it, it, it should naturally, now it's very much in the seed stage, but it should naturally develop uh, to this school and the other, other endeavors of this nature should develop into institutions where people uh, can come and, and be enlightened, or enlightened persons can go out and uh, instruct the world. That's already happening to some extent in Mayapur with Bhaktivedya Purnam Maharajas institution. It's Of course, it's been going on a lot longer than this one. Uh, but if we meet anyone and they say, if, we, if we're told that they, they were raised by Bhaktivedya Pornama, what will you think? That just by hearing that, you'll expect that devotee to be a knowledgeable, cultured, isn't it? Expect him to be a very well trained so that reputation goes with it with the school that was the certificate in previous days there was no PhD, MSc or, no. the certificate was just you say I'm, I'm a disciple of and you say your guru's name and that in itself is enough, the Brahmin thread in itself should be enough to show that so that's the certificate it means you've been trained so anyway, excuse me if I overstep my boundaries here but uh, that's what I see, there's a lot of, there's a lot of hope a lot of work a lot of challenges ahead Hare Krishna. Yeah, I d- diverged a bit from the subject of Ram Leela and Krishna Lila, But that's the point. It's not just some nice stories that we're telling. Or oh, it's not just for our own uh, spiritual upliftment. But we have to see how, how to present this to the world. What are we going to What are we going to say? That happened in in one court case in America in the nineteen either late 1970s or early 1980s. A, a picture of in a court case in which Iskcon devotees were being accused of brainwashing or something like this in America. One lawyer brought as evidence into the court a picture of Nrisimha Dev ripping apart Hiranyakashipu and said, "This is what they believe as God." So, what will you say to the meat-eating... Well, actually, they went to a higher court and then the judge there threw it out because he said that this court is... uh, it's not going to violate the constitution by... it has no right to judge anyone's religion. So that was good. But that should be there also. There should be judgment of religion. So much what goes on in the name of religion, in fact, almost everything that... uh, prithibite jata prithibite jata katha dharma nama chale bhagavata kahe taha paripurna chole. this is bhaktisidhan saraswati's <coughs> rendering of uh, on <coughs> uh commentary on the dharma kaitava statement in the beginning of Bhagavatam that whatever is going on in the name of dharma in the world was ever spoken of as dharma, it's all simply cheating so what are the principles of religion nowadays we hear a lot about interfaith discussions and all this what are the first we shall see what are the principles of religion what are this uh, mercy truthfulness, austerity, cleanliness unless that's there then there's no there's no question of religion anyway. There's so many points. We have great treasure and entering into it and uh, becoming servants of the parampara to present that to others. That is our duty. That's what's the meaning of a servant of the parampara. So, Hare Krishna. Time's up for this class. Is there any question or comment, please? Well, question. Mm. This is, I, I think that uh, the, uh, any speaker sitting with Gopi Pradhan Prabhu asking them a question, they, they can say. <laughs> yeah. It's, uh, what am I going to say if Gopi Prananda Prabhu is asking? Yeah. All right, let's see.
1: Exploring, so exploring. Yeah, a lot, a lot, a lot of,
0: it is exploring, isn't it? We we we, yeah, we, we discuss something and then we, we consider this shavanam, shavan manam. Next is manam, considering. Let's
1: consider. Uh,
0: Krishna
1: told Arjuna, "Klym must depart. Don't be yeah. you. Yeah. I can't take a little way. <laughs> <laughs> So.
0: Arjun, that that Arjun's teasing Arjun because Arjun was a nun for a year. Uh huh. Yeah, that's interesting. Yeah. Uh, so it seems there's something going on in dating culture. There, are, well, there are there are uh, what are they called? cleave. Cleve, mm-hmm. neutral. There are nuns. That's okay, that's they're, there. All they're castrated. They're not bisexual, but they, they work not cross-pressors. They because of that, still do. Well, so. oh, well. This is all used by the gay lobby in this that they're the hijras; it's very much part of Indian society. Although they are, they have their own subculture. They're, they're a separate group of It's there. It's there. Yeah, and it's it has some level of acceptance in uh, Indian society. I mean, no one's uh, executing them, for instance, as homosexuals are uh, executed in Iran and uh, there was recently just the news came in Iraq that they, some tribe they shot dead some members of, who were homosexuals so they're, they're accepted to that extent one thing is they're not exactly hijras are also not exactly homosexuals according to the general, general understanding they're, uh, what's that called? What's the word for that? Uh, no, they're not na either. They have they have both. The, there's a word for it. They hermaphrodite. have these hermaphrodite. Yeah, they have sexual characteristics of both sexes. So, yeah, like I said, there's a lot of research to be done on this topic and on so many topics. If we're going to establish van ashram, uh, then. Uh, we have to do a lot of research on it because we we don't know how Varnashram society tra- traditionally work we don't know all the details and uh, how far even then how far it's, and it's not homogenous either Varnashram society there's there's different k- brahmanas have a different culture kshatriyas have a different culture vaishyas have a different culture shudras have another culture and there's also accepted in one sense although not accepted in another there are those who are lower than shudras and again, they're not killed. They have a job to do. The people taking out the stool from the from the city toilets—they're lower than shudras, but they have a job to do, also. So, how it all fits together, how it can, how much we can uh, implement in modern life, and what are the stages to go through? I mean, it's it's uncharted territory for us, so we have to find the 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 uh, guide from the from the tradition, from the Shastras, like this. So I there may have been some measure of homosexuality in in Vedic society, whatever you know, whatever that means. <laughs> uh, at some at some place, I mean among the not among the Brahmanas, Kshatriyas or Vaishas, and maybe not among the Shudras, but maybe among the the Pancham. Then it's, it's, they can do anything they don't have any rules they're outside of Vedic society I mean they're not allowed to come in and chop people's heads off but there's there's there are they don't have to follow the rules of Vedic society because they're not officially part of it so what is the Siddhanta on all of this I I would say I, I don't know because I haven't investigated it fully but as far as those who are culturing spiritual life or in, in what may be called a regular decent society up until recently all over the world what to speak of in Vedic society uh, this is not uh, an activity or it's it's not a proclivity which is uh, it's not allowed that, that means there's no allowance for it the, the The tendency for a male to be attracted to a female and vice versa, that's allowed under specific rules. One is allowed to, or actually is one supposed to marry. Everyone's supposed to marry. That's a rule. Uh, Everyone's supposed to marry. And then there are rules about how one relates with one's wife, how one relates with other women. And uh, there are very strict rules to... To maintain the marriage institution. And and the goal of marriage is, Srila Prabhupada would often quote this, uh, what is that, Putrate uh, Kriyate Bharya, Putra Pinda Prayojana, which has got nothing to do with Vaishnava life. One has to have a son to offer Pinda to the forefathers. Yeah. So in, at least in our Gorya Vaishnava, coming from we we don't. At least what he has said, that there's no need for Vaishnavs to do this anyway, to offer Pinda. Although Chaitanya Mahaprabhu he did that for his father. <coughs> anyway, these, the point is that there are rules for it, but there's no rule allowing a civilised person to engage in to indulge in homosexuality in any way, shape or form. So this has to be considered that that it it may be allowed but not formalized. That means it may be allowed, but not in civilised society. That that much we can say confidently even without investigation without investigation. Yeah.
1: Sorry. Can I comment? Yes, please. I'll bring
0: it into the context of this. Well not the place to talk about it. I think yes, we should listen. I, I mean, we may not want to discuss these things, but these are points of discussion, and they should be discussed okay. a, maybe maybe according to maybe Shastric it was, understanding. Yeah. Maybe it to really get into it. yeah, right, that's another point. Mm-hmm. But, but just, uh, if someone wants to become a full participant of ISKCON, we ask them to take initiation, and for that, you have to uh, take a vow of celibacy. Mm-hmm. So, just for that reason, uh, Someone wants to be an actual father of our son. Yeah. That's supposed to Right. if there's a sexist to have
1: children,
0: period. Yeah. So one who's one who has a homosexual tendency, they should think very carefully before they take initiation because there's no outlet for their spirit for their sorry, not spiritual, sexual appetite. Within initiated life. But then those still... Well, we should encourage everyone to Everyone encourage should, should be encouraged. Attention. Everyone should be encouraged to chant Hare Krishna. But to... Anyway, it's a big discussion. I think we should not prolong it here. Yes. I would just bring that up as an example of, of the kind of issues that we're faced with and it requires learned and... Realize devotees to take up these issues and present them in a manner suitable for the modern world. When I say suitable for the modern world, that doesn't mean compromise, but uh, just uh, following Srila Prabhupada's vision of how he was able to establish the tenets of Shastra in the modern world. And he actually wanted us to become more strict, from what I understand, rather than less strict. He made it easy, but he didn't want to make it sahaji. Yeah. In your class, in the beginning, you mentioned about the
1: culture or society's negative culture. And you also quoted the example of Lord Ram killing Ashutra. At that time, they cast the birth and the world as a moral residence. Yeah. So uh, and Prabha, recently uh, from I think from Oxford, I'm He
0: presented a revolutionary concept of guna karma. Uh,
1: of what
0: Dharma? Guna karma, right? Like, mm-hmm. It's not just based on birth. It's not a revolutionary. Yes. Yeah. Anyway. Uh, I guess the implementation of it is. Okay, it's okay. not. It's not something new that Srila Prabhupada invented. Also. It's something that he was the first to talk about. Okay. Thank
1: you. Hmm. So, uh, so I want to ask you uh, two questions. One is uh, uh, we also see, like we have also written a book called some traditional Indian Glimpses of it.
0: traditional Indian life. Yeah. Yeah.
1: So there's a very nice book and various parts of India they're talking about uh, the remnants of the existing uh, or national system which we are appreciating also. Mm-hmm. So, uh, it seems like there are few a few group of maybe minority people yeah. who are uh, still existing and mm-hmm. our concepts which are Shastri may seems like for them it is a uh, graduation of their peaceful you know, system. So, my question is two questions. Sure. Uh, one is uh, uh and when the uh, system actually started breaking down of the uh, sense that now... know <laughs> <laughs> so I finished not there. Yeah.
0: Well that's a one-word answer, that one word answer for
1: that. Then when the whole thing started like like we also see Mahavro was also accepting Krishna grains from the Ramans his own associate. He was also following some system Yeah. So when it's actually started breaking where we have to like Prabhupada established this system. Second so well, question it is no, okay. uh, this one. and how we uh some people are like you know, like South India and some part of North India, Odisha. Suddenly so you kind know, uh, they are following a system and we also see that the Mah quite pure mm-hmm. Brahman family or Kshatriya family. Prabhupada says a Malwari, the he knows business.
0: So they know how to cheat. Yeah. So, how do you...
1: Uh, if you go and telling that all are equal, you are also like, you are also Shudra, all is the one. So
0: then, how do you, how you preach to these kinds of people? You know? Well, if we say, yeah. The first question, where did this downfall begin? Well, Srila Prabhupada very s- clearly states that Shringi cursing Maharaj Pariksha, that was the beginning of the downfall of the Brahmins. The, the, the Varnashram system began with the Brahmins, the head the fish rots from the head saying in several Slavic languages <laughs> so uh, yeah, it began with Sringi. Mahaprabhu also observed many formalities of the Varnashram system which, which was in place at that time by for instance accepting grains cooked by Brahmanas although he would eat in non-Brahmanas houses he would, uh, but he also uh, massively, uh, what's the word, Fla- flouted the castrels at that time by accepting followers who were uh, they were bahishkrit, rup sanatan. They were out of it. they were out of the brahmin society because they were serving Muslims and they actually had Muslim names. Joshua Nandan Prabhu asked Prabhupada that what, what's the significance of their having Muslim names? And Prabhupada said, they probably had adopted Muslim habits to some extent. They went so far as to have names, although they were at the same time worshipping deities and Ramakali. So Mahaprabhu, for the sake of, as Śrīla Prabhupada explains, for the sake of, for the sake of social... Uh, for, for not disturbing the social order, he went along with the rules to some extent. And he congratulated, he tested Sanatana Goswami by calling him in the heat of Jeshta month, which is May, June, the hottest time of the year. And Sanatana Goswami's habit, he, he could either come via the temple path or by the beach path. There two ways to come. But in the middle of the day, the, the hot, so he came on... Siddhartha Swami came on the sand because it was his own rule not to come via the temple lest he touch any of the servitors of Jagannath because he considers himself very low so uh, as far as going to well we don't go to <coughs> traditional brahmanas in India and say well Kalo Shundra, Sambhava we don't Srila Prabhupada for instance when he was uh, installing the deities in Hyderabad he had South Indian Brahmanas do that, and he congratulated them. They were very happy with Prabhupada, and Prabhupada said, You are real Brahmanas. He appreciated their culture, even though they were coffee drinkers, but their culture is still there. And we do see in India, up to the present day, that often people who are born in Brahmana caste, they are, they, well, their culture is different to those who are in Vaishya caste, as you're saying, Marwaris are their adopted Vaishyas. They weren't originally Vaishnavas, but then, then what we call Mahwari, when we say Mahwari, we generally mean marwari business businessmen, no, they're also Mahwari Brahmanas and Shudras. So, uh, yeah, there are some remnants there, and we, uh, we can appreciate Whatever's good is there, we can appreciate it. And as far as them not liking us, i, fi- I found that it's changed, except in Orissa, some people, mostly everywhere, the people of Brahmana caste who are following their culture appreciate it. What ISKCON is doing, and they to, they accept to a large extent our devotees if they if they're following. It's changed. Things have changed. Hari Krishna. Although